0: Good morning. Well, I told you guys after the suit last week, I was going to tone it down a little bit so no one would get some wrong ideas. And if some of you are wondering, yes, I built the entire outfit around the tennis shoes. Okay. If you're new around here, my name is Stephen. I'm the pastor. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're in, uh, I guess it's week four of our series, but we're on week four, step two. And uh, the name of our series is this, how to build a counterculture or 10 steps to build a Counter counterculture. And uh, the overarching theme is reformation. And what we believe is that there's a reformation that is needed. First, uh, reformation begins with us, the work that God wants to do in, in each heart, and then the reformation breaks out in the church, and then the reformation goes out into the world. And that's why last week we looked at step number one uh, out of our 10 steps, and step number one as a reminder was this, live a godly life. And so I hope over the last week, as you've been opening up the scriptures, as the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you on uh, the topic of holiness that we talked about last week, that that continues to just break through our church as we seek the presence of God to be holy as he was holy. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at step number two. And step number two is this. I'll give it to you right at the beginning. Never stop learning. Never stop learning learning. Every fall here in the Midwest, there's a craze that sweeps over, and it is the pumpkin spice latte, the PSL, right? And I know I've never had a pumpkin spice latte. I know many of you probably have. Uh, So the PSL, it gets very famous. You see it all over Instagram, everything like that, right? Well, here's what I hope, that what will take over us is the NSL, the never stop learning, that we will take on this mindset of what does it mean to pursue Christ through his word and to never stop learning. Today, you might be not even a Christ follower, and I want to show you how to do that. Today, you might have been a Christ follower for a very long time, but a long time ago, you decided, I've kind of heard it all. I've kind of uh, arrived And uh, I've been in church for a long time maybe and I'm not really sure there's anything new to learn Uh, or, or maybe you consider yourself super mature and you're like, what could I possibly add to all of this vast knowledge that you already have? Now, I think the beauty of the scriptures, the beauty of our relationship with God is that there is always more to learn. Now, we live in a culture right now where uh, it's fast-paced. It seems to be ever-changing. There's always these new ideas. There's always these new fads. There's always these new, like, secret uh, potions, it seems like, that are going to change your life or at least change your gut health, right? And then we're always looking, and you're seeing and all of these new things pop up, and we get excited about them. Well, today, when we talk about never stop learning, I want to make a distinction that we see in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 17, so that when I say never stop learning, you understand the appropriate way to never stop learning, not what I think is the inappropriate way in the scripture. So we'll start in Acts chapter 17 uh, this morning, which is a, a great passage where uh, Paul has just gotten kind of chased out of a previous city and he arrives in a new town. And as he arrives in the new town, uh, he meets a group of Christians. And here's what we learn about them. It says, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away because they were being uh, persecuted by night to Berea. I'm in Acts 17 verse 10, by the way. And when they arrived, Paul and Silas, that's the they there, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received, it tells us why now. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so, excuse me, many of them therefore believed with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. Now, I'm going to jump down to verse 21. The next section here uh, is the story of Paul in the Oropagus, where he gets up and he defends the Christian faith uh, in front of the Greeks. And in verse 21, it says this, now all the Athenians... And the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. Now, in this particular case, it was a good thing that the Athenians learned something new because they were learning the true thing, which is the gospel. But there's something in that uh, last verse there uh, that that teaches us the other way to never stop learning. We see in the in the first story the the Jews who are examining the scriptures daily, and then at the end, the Athenians who are always going, "Teach me something new. Teach me something new. Teach me something new." When I say never stop learning, here's what I mean: that we want to go. Deeper into ancient truths, not wider into modern myths. Let me say it again. We want to go deeper into ancient truths, not wider into modern myths. In fact, all throughout the New Testament, and I'll show you some of them this morning, we see these warnings from the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter about myths, a legend about people who will no longer hold on to the ancient truths and will chase after something new. It seems like an indictment of our modern culture, even though it was written 2,000 years ago, some things never change, of course. And this is one of them. People always looking for that new knowledge, that new thing that's going to unlock everything else. We want to be a church, a body of Christ that has this never-stop-learning mindset, but the never-stop-learning is to go deeper and deeper into the truth of God's word. And as we do that, I think there's some things that we can learn here uh, from the Bereans, the people who are called noble, the mindset that they had. Uh, but before we get into the mindset that they had, I want to talk about well, what is it? Yes, I said the ancient truths, or deeper into the truth. But what exactly are the truths that we're supposed to keep learning more and more and more? Well, uh, we see uh, in Colossians chapter two, verse eight, Paul is warning the Christians there, and as he's warning them, he gives. Gives them this, um, what I think is one of the, the best encouragements, like, like all of the Bibles inspired, of course we believe that, um, but there seem to be certain verses of scripture in certain time periods uh, that seem to be so relevant, uh, and I think Colossians 2.8 is one of them, so I'm flipping over to Colossians here. Colossians 2.8, it says this, it says, see to it, in other words, take responsibility, You need to own your own faith in this. You need to own your own mind in this. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive. Well, what are you going to be taken captive by? Physically enslaved? No. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. He goes on to say, according to human tradition or according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. What Paul is saying here is this. He's saying, make sure that you are aware, that you are alert to the fact that people are going to try and teach you things that are contrary to the way of God. He says, see to it that no one does that. Now, one of the ways that we see to it that no one can take us captive, and notice the the language that he's using. It's similar language that Paul is using uh, when he talks about how we used to be enslaved to our sin. He's saying now that you're in Christ, don't allow your mind to be taken captive by these philosophies, by uh, these empty deceits. And he says, how do you know the difference? Well, he says the, the ones that are true at the end, he says, are all built according to Christ. They're all a foundation built upon Jesus. They're all a, a foundation that's built upon the truth of God's word. Anything not built upon the truth of God's word then are these empty claims, this empty deceit this high-sounding philosophy. He says, you have to watch out. Parents, I would say this, by the way, as well, that we need to see to it that no one takes our children captive by these things. We have a responsibility for that. The systems of our world are set against our children, are they not, and their souls. The education systems of our world are not built on Christ. And therefore, the, uh, this would be contrary to what we see in Colossians chapter two, verse eight. That, uh, that an education system, that anything that is, uh, communicating and teaching and trying to win the minds of our kids not built on Jesus is gonna end up empty. Because truth comes from his word. All truth comes from God. And so he says, see to it that no one takes you captive. I am adding into it. See to it that no one takes your children captive by these things. They are empty. They won't lead to anywhere good. They won't fulfill. Um, I think a a supporting verse to this is Jeremiah 6.16. A a friend of mine uh, reminded me of this verse this week, uh, and and it's a beautiful one. Jeremiah 6.16. Let me read it to you. It says, thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. The rebellious person says, no, I'm going to look for the new thing. I'm going to go run around and see what the new fad is. And, uh, uh, and, and the prophet was encouraging, them. no, 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 no. Look back and see what has always been true, what has always been good. Yes, we want to never stop learning, but we want to never stop learning the truth of God's word, the ancient paths of God and his promises, not the new things that pop up. That'll take us away. Sometimes people say things to me like, hey, Stephen, have you heard like about this new book that was written about hell and this perspective on hell? And, and all? What do you think about that? What do I think about it? I think that it is contrary to what 2,000 years of followers of Christ have believed, and so I don't even need to read it. If 2,000 years of Christianity has rejected those beliefs, I'm not going to waste my time studying it. We're going to look back and see the ancient truths of God's word. Look back and and be rooted. In fact, even as we look through the scriptures, uh, whether it's Jewish culture, or we see how the disciples were trained, which I know was in Jewish culture, right? And then we even see uh, Paul's encouragement, though, to the church. There was this constant and consistent training of the mind, this developing of our thinking, and to make sure that it was rooted in the word of God. That It was rooted in universal truth of God and who he says he is and what he says is true about the world. And look at the promise of Jeremiah 6.16, by the way, that looking back by holding on to those ancient truths will bring rest for your soul. Let me ask you a question. When we think of like middle school students, high school students, we think of college students today, like do do you and the things that they're learning, do do we look at that and go, man, that's going to produce a lot of rest. It seems like a very restful generation. No, the pendulum of their minds is whoosh, 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 whoosh. this is true, that's true, that's not true anymore, this is true now, that's true. Oh no, this one is really true, but it won't be in four years. And there's no rest. There's no rest. What do they need? What do we all need to find rest in what has always been true? God's word. So why we say it's as relevant today as the day that it was written. Let's find rest for our souls by never stopping learning. God's truth. Oh, and there's so much to learn. So the first thing we want to rest in is the ancient truths of the scriptures. Uh, By the way, around here, what that means is this. Uh, We call ourselves a post-denominational church. I know a lot of you are are relatively new around here. I'll explain this more on Wednesday night when we uh, kick off our midweek uh, for the next seven weeks starting this Wednesday. Everyone is welcome. Uh, And I'm going to be walking through uh, just kind of who we are as a church and how everyone else can get involved and engage and what we believe about spiritual growth here and all of these types of things. And it's for everybody, not just those who are new, but one of the things that will come up in that uh, is what it means to be a post-denominational church, and uh, Lindsay and I, we were in Idaho a couple weeks ago. We, uh, we've been talking to some other people uh, for, for lots of different reasons, and we keep bringing up this phrase, and everyone's like, well, I've never heard that before. What does it mean? Here's what it means to be a post-denominational church. we're saying is that we have decided to unify around core doctrine, and where you say, well, where do you derive this core doctrine? Well, uh, part of it, we, we derive it from the Apostles' Creed. We derive it from what the church has believed for 2,000 years unequivocally, where no one who has been called orthodox or, uh, or non-heretical Christians have looked and said, no, no, we all agree that these things are true. And so what we've decided is we're going to create, uh, well, God's creating it, we're going to be a body that is going to unify around those core doctrines. I think we have 10 statements, it's really probably more like 20 or 30. 30 doctrines, but like 10 statements, and we say, we all agree with these, and outside of those, if you don't agree with them, uh, like history would call you a heretic. Like these are non-negotiables. Now beyond that, we've decided to, I think, chart a beautiful path, which is what we're going to do is we're going to discuss, not divide, uh, on the ones outside of this. And it has created, actually, this beautiful thing where we've got people sitting over here and then people sitting over there who came from very different divisions of the Protestant church. I'll use the word divisions intentionally. We call them denominations. I'll call them divisions. People who have come from very different divisions of the church now coming together unifying around core doctrine. When I say never stop learning, we should go deeper and deeper. We should understand more and more these core doctrines that have built the church for 2,000 years. Let's understand them, let's know them, let's study them, let's see the depths of them. So that's what that in part means around here. So when I say, what do we wanna never stop learning? That's a part of it. Let's ground ourselves even more. Why? Because when you're grounded in those core doctrines, when you're not questioning whether or not you think Jesus' death was, uh, was absolutely essential for salvation, when you're not questioning the um, infallibility of the word of God, when you're not questioning that God existed in a triune nature and he spoke creation into existence, okay, when you're not questioning uh, some of these things, then it gives you a peace, and then you can build off of that. So that's one of the things we want to never stop learning, we want to study those ancient paths. Now, beyond that then becomes the question, well, how do we learn these things, right? What are the best ways to do them? When we're given two encouragements in the scriptures on how to do that, the, the first one is found in 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4. By the way, uh, so many of you sent me emails, messages, a bunch of things um, just uh, surrounding my grandfather, and thank you guys. Um, just for your love, your support for me, my dad, all of that over the last week. Um, I bring that up in part as thanks, so in part because I got to read this passage of scripture at his funeral. And, um, uh, and it, reading it there out of the Bible that he had given me was, was so powerful because uh, this is what my grandfather was about. Let me read it 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 3. For the time is coming, let's just, the time is here. Okay? The time is here for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but having itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions what's it saying it's saying that crowds will be built around people and people will be elevated who don't teach to who don't teach to truth but instead teach to people's feelings that's what it's saying He's saying momentum will get around people who their objective when they teach or preach is to make you feel. Feel something, or to make you feel good uh, uh, about what is coming out of God's word, and people will there will arrive a time. We're already there. I'm telling you that right now, and they'll say, "Hey, no, let's go over there. Why? Because when I hear that, I feel good. It it, it serves my passions. You know what the scriptures say about your passions? Crucify your passions. Crucify them. Instead, what? He says, they will not, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and they will turn away from listening to the truth. And here's this word again, and they will wander off into myths. They'll wander off into myths. They'll wander off into falsities. They will wander off into the opposite of truth. They'll chase after it. And by the way, actually, I think that word wander is actually a good word, right? Because the wander is like sometimes you don't even know you're wandering. The other day, I don't know how he did this, but my son August, I was, like, chasing him, and every time I came down, it's like he would walk up the stairs. And I spent, like, five minutes, like, walking, like, where is, I think he was messing with me, but he's just so good at kind of wandering off in the house. I mean, re- maybe he knows what he's doing. He's too, Who knows? He could be that depraved, but I think <laughs> it was just happening. And friends, this is how it happens sometimes. We go, oh, no, that kind of sounds good. And we start kind of wandering off. We kind of start wandering off. And as we wander more and more and more, and as we get away from the ancient path, that promise that "I'll find rest for your soul no longer applies then. You know, holding to the word of God and its truth no longer applies. So we have, to, we have to be careful of our wandering. And in this particular case, the point that I'm making is one of the ways that we learn these ancient truths is that we have to make sure that we sit under solid biblical preaching. And uh, I know, like, obviously it's a little weird because I'm the guy saying it, <laughs> right, up here. Um, but, but a lot of you, maybe you don't go here. Maybe you're going to leave and you're going to go somewhere else uh, or, or, uh, or you live somewhere else. And I to just tell you, make sure you find yourself in a church that preaches the word of God. The other reason I would bring this up is because uh, we live in a day where podcasts and online church and all of these other things are so available to us. And I don't mind, I, don't, I think it's great if, if you're listening to solid biblical preaching outside of this place on Sunday morning, like, you never stop learning. Keep, keep hearing biblical truth, but make sure you're careful on the voices that are preaching that truth. <laughs> I guess make sure that it is truth, right? And that you're not slowly wandering off solid biblical preaching. Next way, we're supposed to do this, uh, and this one, when we think about the Reformation, okay, these two things, like 500 and what, six years ago, when the Reformation happened, these were two of the things that, were, uh, that sparked the Reformation. It was the return to solid biblical preaching, but the second thing that it was was this part. Uh, it's our key verse for the year, Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you Will have good success. Look at the promises of scripture. You will find rest for your soul, then you will have good success, and then you will make your way prosperous. Why do we wander off into the myths? God's given us enough in His Word. And in there it says this, so you should meditate on it day and night. That, uh, that you, the individual, should spend your time, sometime in the Word of God, meditating on His Word and thinking it through and letting it break through. Uh, and again, uh, this was part of the Reformation. It was getting the Word of God back to the individual believer for themselves to open it up and to let God through His Spirit speak to them. Now, part of why we want to know solid doctrine and why we want to never uh, stop learning solid doctrine is because when we have a good doctrinal foundation, when you have a good doctrinal foundation, then you can go into the word of God and you can read it. And there might be certain verses that you read. uh, And if you didn't have solid doctrine, it could take you off on a bad path. But when you have solid foundational doctrine, then you can read the word of God through the lens of proper doctrine. And that's really important so that we do never stop learning, so that we are reading it and we're meditating it, he says, on it day and night, day and night. Friend, are you meditating on the word of God day and night? Do you have this kind of never stop learning uh, mindset when it comes to the scripture? I mean, hopping back to the Acts 17 passage, you say, what kind of mindset do we have when we go into this uh, meditating on day and night on scripture? What kind of mindset do we have when we when we sit under biblical preaching? Look what it said of the Bereans. It said that they received the word of God with all eagerness, and that they examine the scriptures daily. Two things that were a part of their never-stop-learning mindset. The first was there was an eagerness to them. Uh, it's like they were there in anticipation. Like if you have like plans out in the future that you're really excited about, there's an eagerness there. If you have a favorite meal right before you sit down before that meal or even maybe a couple of days or a couple of hours before the meal, like something starts to like salivating or you start getting excited, right? And you know what's interesting? When it comes to your favorite meal, it's like you can't eat it too much. If somebody puts an incredibly cooked steak, some mashed potatoes, and some broccoli in front of me with the Caesar salad at the beginning, and some kind of chocolate peanut butter thing at the end, I will eat that every day of the week for the rest of my life. Amen? Thank you. If you don't like chocolate and peanut butter, there are many other churches in Toledo, okay? Just kidding. I can eat that every day. And by the way, I bring that up because some of you are like, nah, I've read that passage before. I've heard that one before. There are 66 books, 1,189 chapters, 31,003 verses in the scriptures, and there is so much to learn, and there's an eagerness that should take over you when you open up the word of God every day. What is it that he wants you to learn today in here? And you know what's amazing about those 66 books, 1,189 chapters, and 31,000-something verses is that when you start to read them and study them and memorize them and hear them taught and know them well, connection starts going off that you had never made before. And so one day you might be reading James chapter four, but then the next day you open up your YouVersion app and the key verse is Jeremiah 19, and there's a new connection that is made. And when that new connection is made, it does something new in your heart. And then the next day you read another verse and it makes a new connection. And then 24 years later, you're reading James chapter four again, but now you're reading Proverbs at the same time and a new connection is made and you draw it back to the connection that you made 24 years ago and you understand God that much more. Now there's probably a mathematician out there who could make all of the connections between the 31,000 verses and how many new connections there are possibly to be made, but that's a really big number. And so only eagerness and only consistency will allow you to even begin to explore the, uh, just the shallow end of what God wants you to learn. There is so much in there. And when you read it, I think, uh, I believe it's Psalm um, 19, you know what, I'm not going to say the verse, but it says, the law of the Lord revives the soul. Oh, Psalm 25, look at David's mindset in Psalm 25, I love this one. This is a never stop learning mindset that David had, Psalm 25, verses four through five. He says, make me to know your ways, O Lord, Psalm 25, four through five, make me to know your ways, O Lord, teach me your paths teach me your paths. David, uh, by the way, has never stopped learning mindset. He says, God, I don't want to go learn the world's path. I don't need to spend time. I don't need to waste time. I don't need to, uh, to go explore all of those other options. I've got enough to learn in your path. So he says, teach me your paths, O oh Lord. He says, lead me in your truth and teach me teach me, God. I'm here to learn. I want to never stop learning, God. Would you help me to keep on learning? I'm going to open up your word, and I want to learn. I'm going to listen to the, uh, the you version, read the Bible out loud to me, and I want to learn. I'm going to sit under biblical teaching. I want to learn. I want to never stop learning, God. Teach me your truth. He says this, for you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all the day long. Look at the eagerness that David still had at this point of his life. He's like, I want to know more of your truth, okay? I want I want to know God. I want to meet you in that place. I want to make more connections in your word. I wait for you. I'm eagerly anticipating God. Is that your mindset, my friend, that never stop learning? You get to open up the word. You get to hop into it. You get to start reading it. God's going to start sending off new connections. Let him do it. It's a never stop learning. There's so much to go. There's so much to grasp. Jeremiah 9:23 and 24, near the end of that little passage, it says this, that, uh, that we then get to know the Lord. Actually, let me just read the passage to you. Sometimes I just talk about things. It's better just to read it, you know? He said it better than I can. He says, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, not let the mighty man boast in his might, not let the rich man boast in his riches, but let him boast, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, declares the Lord. You want to boast about something? Boast about, I don't really think you're supposed to do this, but boast about knowing God. Boast about how you're learning something new, how your eagerness and your consistency in the word of God and, uh, and letting it uh, blow up into your heart is growing. So that's the mindset we're supposed to have, my friends. What are the results? What are the results when we have this kind of never-stop-learning mindset? Let me show you just a couple of them. I probably could have come up uh, with a bunch more, but let me give you a few of them. The first one is in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. First Peter chapter three verse 15. Some of you, you have a, a never stop learning mindset, so you already know this one. You already know this one. You've memorized it. You've committed it. Or once I start reading it, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I knew that one. I knew that. First Peter three fifteen says this. But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense. To anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. You're going to become, when you have this never stop learning mindset and you're growing up in the word of God, you're going to become a great defender. A great defender. You're going to have the word of God in you in such a way that you can always give a defense for the hope that you have. And so you're going to run into people and they're going to say, I don't know how it is that you're still going. And you're going to say, because I have the Lord with me in the midst of my trial and God is close to the brokenhearted. And so I know that you think that I shouldn't be able to keep going, but I can defend why I am because God is close to the brokenhearted and that's why I've been able to keep going. Or somebody else is going to come up and say, I don't know why you believe all of this stuff about the Bible. I don't know why you believe that God is real, and you can point them to the scriptures and say, because this word has never been found false, and I can defend your thought. Why? Because I've been in the word of God, because I'm studying the word of God, and there's this defense that comes up, and whether it's a defense against humans or a defense against the enemy, when the enemy pops up and he goes, why are you still uh, excited? Why are you still hopeful? Why are you still believing in God? Why haven't you given up? How come you haven't rejected God? And you can begin to defend yourself back against the enemy, because you you're rooted in the word of God because you have and, and have had a never stop learning mindset. And so you're just, man, you're like a shield. You're blocking all of these lies off. Never stop learning. There's always more to find in this book. Psalm one, one through two gives us another thing that we become uh, as we root ourselves in the word of God. I know I had a lot of verses for you this morning, uh, but it only kind of seems right in a, sermon like this, then I would show you a lot of scriptures. Psalm 1, 1 through 2 says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands at the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night, on his all he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Look at the man, the woman that is rooted in the word of God. He he, he develops deep roots to delight in the law of God, to delight in the word of God. He says he doesn't um, walk, stand, or sit in those who oppose the word of God. And David's actually being, uh, very, he's teaching us something there. He's saying this is the progression typically. Typically, you walk by something that isn't right, but then if it grabs your ear, then what do you do? Then you start to kind of stand around it a little bit, but then if it still grabs your ear, what do you do? You sit down with it. He says, no, I don't do any of those things. I don't, I, don't, uh, he says, I don't even walk by and let it hit my ear, that which is not true. Instead, what David is saying is this. I, I, I'm too busy meditating on God's law day and night. I've got too much to learn in here to spend any time learning something out there. He says, there's still so much for me to learn in this, uh, in in the majesty of who God is. So I'm just going to delight myself in the word of God. I'm going to let roots grow deep. Look at the metaphor that David uses here. He says, "You, you will be like a tree planted by streams of water. Like 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 a this is the metaphor of you when you're when you have that never stop learning, when you're rooted in the word of God, right? You're like a tree planted by the water, you're getting all of the nutrients that you need, you're getting all of the source of strength that you need, and it doesn't matter what season of life comes, you stand firm. In fact, if you've seen that somebody walked through something and you've walked on the other side and go, I don't know how they're still bearing fruit. I don't know how they haven't given up. I don't know how they haven't rejected God. What's probably true there is there's somebody who has deep roots in the word of God and they can still delight in God's word regardless of the season. In fact, friends, one of the reasons, uh, amongst a whole bunch, one of the reasons that that we do church for the whole family and have uh, kids on Wednesday night learning the Bible at this early age, you're not just teaching them facts about the Bible. What you're doing is you're starting the process of those roots growing deep now. And what you're doing when you root your kids in the word of God at an early age is you're building the foundation for them to be able to delight in the word of God no matter what happens later on in life. You are, uh, the the roots are starting nice and early, right? And they're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger as they learn the word of God more and more. And we can see all throughout the scriptures that this never stop learning mindset that we are supposed to um, uh, put this or, or help our kids begin to develop this thing. And by the way, one of the best ways we can help our kids develop anything, parents, is what? Modeling it. Modeling it. Showing them. You've got that never stop learning. Man, there's so much more to learn. There's so much more in God's word. I want to keep learning. And then the roots are going to grow deeper and deeper and deeper. Let me take a second here to remind you all what we're talking about. We're talking about a reformation. We're talking about a move of God. Step one was live a godly life. but Step two is never stop learning. We've got to keep growing. We've got to keep getting deeper roots. We've got to become better defenders. And here's the third one. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 4. We've got to become destroyers. 2 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, right? That our two primary weapons are the word of God and prayer. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. This won't be on your screen, but I'll show it to you in the next verse. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion, erased against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Notice the themes, by the way, that Paul is going to be uh, repeating that are going to tend to keep coming up. He says that this next round here, as you have this never-stop learning mindset, as you keep rooting yourself in the word of God, you become a good destroyer, and a good destroyer is somebody who can destroy strongholds. You ever uh, met somebody who it's like when they walk into the room, they carry the presence of God with them in such a way that it changes the room? What are they doing in that moment? They're destroying something the enemy was trying to do. You ever walk into uh, a room and somebody's like, hey, you know what, no, 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 I want, uh, and I hope this has happened to some of us, or a lot of us, are, and this will continue to happen to some of us, like, no, no, I need you to come over here and pray for me, because when you pray, it's like there's this ability to break through the chains. These are people who are destroyers, people who can come in and they can destroy the strongholds of the enemy. We've talked about this a couple of times now. If you don't think that there's a spiritual battle going on, you are blind, There's a spiritual battle going on, and what we need for a reformation to occur is not just one or two or three or four destroyers, but an army of people who have uh, the weapons of their warfare sharpened and can come in and can destroy the strongholds of the enemy. And you will get that. We will all get that when there's a never kind of stop learning mindset that is just like building up inside of us. I was thinking about back in high school days when I played high school basketball. And as I was playing high school basketball, my coach, he did this uh, smart thing. And what he did is he put uh, a name, uh, everyone's name on the team on this whiteboard, uh, and then every day of the summer. And we were supposed to go in, and we were supposed to shoot. And when we shot shots for basketball, right, the number would get thrown on there, and then you would see your total number for the summer, and then you would see the collective team's number. And what was the point? That the more shots we're putting up, the more shots that we're taking as individuals, and then therefore collectively as a team, is getting us ready for the fight, or getting us ready for the season. And there was something about coming in there and going, man, he's shooting, or, and he's shooting, and okay, now we're all shooting, and, the, and more shots are coming up. We are getting ready. And there was something confidence building about knowing that your uh, teammates were out there shooting and they were working hard, and you were all collectively moving. So here's what we're going to do. We created this website. It has every single person's name on there, and then uh, there's going to have every day of the week, and you're going to put in there how many Bible verses you read that day. I'm kidding, okay? (laughs) But that'd be kind of fun. You know what? We won't need the chart. We'll be able to feel it. We'll be able to walk into this building and feel it. That is you. You as you root yourself more in the word of God, as you become a better defender, as you get more deeply rooted in the word of God, as you become a better destroyer, we will sense it and feel it, and it will move. Never stop learning. In Hebrews chapter 11, nope, Hebrews chapter 5, we see another passage like this. Verse 11. It says, About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. We don't want to become dullers. No, that's not a word, but it fits. He says, you become dull of hearing. He says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers. In other words, Paul is, it's not Paul, it's the writer of Hebrews, whoever the writer of Hebrews is. Okay, He says, You ought to be teaching, but you're not. He says, for by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again. And what is it he needs you to teach? The basic principles of the oracles of God. He says this, you need milk, not solid food. He said, we're going to go off to battle, right? But you're drinking milk, and I need some people who can eat solid food. This is my friend Josh back here. Hi, Josh. Come on up, buddy. Everyone want to say hi to Josh? I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Hi, Josh. Okay. Josh is a fantastic chef, okay, and uh, he's the guy who plays bass, right, okay, Uh, if you missed that, he also just got engaged, congratulations, Josh, Um, so Josh is up here, and Josh, why don't you grab the mic real quick, yeah, oh, you're you're already mic Well, this is like legit, okay, PBS, here we come, Um, what are you making, Uh, Stephen, today I'm making you a pan-seared New York strip with roasted garlic, rosemary, parsley, and sage, Uh, And I should have that to you in about five minutes. Perfect. Okay. This is fantastic. All right. So, Josh, sometimes I have a a, a keyboard player come out for dramatic effect. So, instead of the sounds of the keyboard, today we're going to get the sizzle of a steak. Okay? And I have to figure out where I was. Josh, you have fun back there. Give me a little bit of a... Well, I'll turn to you when I'm ready, okay? Hebrews 5, that's where I was. Let's go back. He says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice constant, there's that consistency theme again, to distinguish good from evil. This title in our scripture is called A Warning Against Apostasy. In other words, it's being mature enough, skilled enough to be able to discern what is true from God's word and what is not true from God's word. But for our purposes this morning, I don't think it's false to say. What it is is it's talking about somebody who has this never stop learning mindset, who has grown and matured. And by the way, I understand we're coming from different levels of spiritual maturity this morning. I understand that completely. And so wherever you're at, the point is this. Never stop learning. Become a Better defender, become a better destroyer, become more delighted and deepened in the Word of God. Paul is saying here in Hebrews five, he's saying that's what we need. Now, what I need right now is somebody who's hungry, like seriously hungry, and they're gonna smell that steak. They're smelling it, and they want to eat it, and they're totally fine eating in front of a group of people. Is there anybody out there this morning that is so, what's that? Zach, come on. All right, Zach, come on. All right, all right, sorry. Whoever else, is all right, this is Zach, everybody. Hey, yeah, just pop up on stage, buddy. All right, there we go. Hi, great to see you, Zach. You're not, you're not a small man. Okay, this is great. Uh, so Josh, you yeah. need a couple minutes here? Or are you good? No. I think I have just things. So. You, you think you're good. Okay, so Zach, you're going to you're gonna you're gonna eat?
1: Yeah. Is that good? Absolutely.
0: Cool. Alright, so here we go. Here is your meal. Uh, I never told you uh, No. I never told you what you were gonna eat. What is this? One? Yeah, no. Just, what about that? No, just go ahead and go ahead. I'm not you, Dude, you said you would! You said you would! No! You said you would eat! Okay, let's go. Now you got to eat it all, buddy. Come on, let's go. Just a little bit more, just so Michelle can, just hope so Michelle can get a good pick. Yeah, come on. Yeah, there we go. This is good. Let's go, buddy. Let's go. Come on, chug, 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 chug. Chug. All right. Listen, here's the deal. I'm gonna get you the steak. If you get money for this steak, I'm leaving. No, no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you the steak. You can go ahead and have a seat now. You get it afterwards, okay? All right, let's give Zach a round of applause. Josh, you can are you what are you putting on there? Uh just a little little parsley. That looks incredible. Okay. That looked absolutely ridiculous, and I am so glad that Zach was in this first service because I'm not sure it's gonna get much more fun than that. There's something about this, watching this grown man who's quite tall and decent looking drinking out of, of a kid's bottle of milk. And you look at it and you go, this is absolutely Ridiculous! This is absurd. Friends, I believe that there are times in the history of the church, and we saw it two or three years ago, when the enemy looks in at the church and that's what he sees. That's what he sees. And he goes, that's all you got? a bunch of Christ followers who are drinking out of a bottle, a bunch of Christ followers who aren't rooted in proper doctrine, who show up to church once every 14 weeks, who read their Bible on their own seven times a year and pat themselves on the back when they do it. I could come in, and I think I could shut that entire church down. And guess what? He did for a few months. He did, didn't he? And when the enemy... Puts his sights on a weak church. When the enemy puts his sights on a weak church followers of Christ who are drinking milk when they should be eating meat. I think he starts coming up with plans. Plans like, I'm going to confuse them starting from the very beginning of the book. Who created the earth? What is male and female? What is marriage supposed to look like? They're so milk drinkers, bottle feeders that I can, uh, I can disrupt even the easiest things and I can sweep it through their culture. And that's exactly what we have seen. And it is time for the church to come meet eaters. Amen? So let's slaughter some cows, slay some bacon, whatever. Some of you, you're vegan out there. Okay, right? Eat your fish. I don't know. you, You can't eat fish. Okay, I don't know. Zach, come eat a steak, dude. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. No, no, no. This is no more tricks. All right? No more tricks. You got this. Oh, yeah. Is that... As Zach is doing that, let me finish with one last thing. Friends, I want us to get so good that when we see ourselves slipping back into bottle feeding, when we hear teaching that isn't rooted from the Word of God, we look at it with the same look that Zach looked at that bottle. And when we hear the truth of God's word, when we're spending time daily, eagerly, and consistently in the word of God, I want us to all do exactly what Zach just did when we open up our Bibles in the morning and go, Oh, yeah. How is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Woo! All right, everybody stand up, stand up, stand up. Let's pray. Let's pray. So, Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would help us. In this church, each of us as followers of Christ, as um, leaders of families, as workers in companies, whatever it might be, to become meat-eating followers of Christ, that we would feast on the word of God, that we would be eager about it, that we would be consistent in it. And I pray that you would raise up in here a generation of destroyers and defenders and people deeply delighting in the word of God so that we can go take back what the enemy has stolen. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. All right, hey, you guys can have a a quick uh, seat real quick and then I'll let you out of here. Zach, you get to eat the whole thing, man. Dude, this thing is delicious. Hey, listen. If any of you ruin this for the next service, okay, you get docked 10 redemption points, okay? I don't know what those are, but you're taking them back. Okay. Let's go ahead and mute Josh and Zach. Okay, there we go. Um, hey, a couple things. Uh, at, at Redemption, we don't, we don't pass the plate uh, for offering. Yeah, we do. That, that's... Okay, that's pretty funny. All right. There we go. Um, Instead, uh, we think all giving should be an act of worship. It should be an act of honor to our king. Um, It should be an act of love and an act of partnership. And so, hey, if redemption is your home church, please partner with us. Show love to your brothers and sisters here. Let's worship God in that way. Uh, you can put cash or check in the box, or you can give online uh, at experienceredemption.com. Tonight, we have our annual church meeting. It Starts at 5 o'clock, and uh, what we do in this meeting, I'm going to walk through just a recap. The elders and I will walk through a recap of last year, so um, finance recap and attendance recap, uh, and then what we'll do is we'll talk about the, the next year, and including in that. Uh, We have two new ministry endeavors uh, that we are very, very excited about uh, that we've kind of kept quiet. And so we'll tell you tonight at 5 o'clock, we're very excited about them. We think it's, uh, it's part of the Reformation. It's part of what God is calling us to be as a church. And I do think, even if you're new around here, you want to figure out, where are we going? um, What what is this going to look like? And uh, of course, it's up to God, but this is where we feel he's leading us. I'd encourage you to come back tonight at 5. And then 6 o'clock, or whenever the the church meeting gets over, um, if it's a little before, uh, it won't be before. Okay. Um, So at 6 o'clock, or sometime after the church meeting, we'll get into a worship night. We're just going to sing some songs. We're going to pray together. um, And we're going to kind of seal the... um, the vision that, that we think God has given us for the next year together as a church in worship and prayer. Okay? So uh, that's tonight. Some of you, you're new today, or you're new over the last week or two, and um, we're so excited to have you. We're so excited about what God is doing here. We want to help you get more connected. Easiest way to do that, stop by, uh, right out these double doors out here, and one of our staff members will be there. They just want to say hi, uh, maybe grab some information so you can connect later and help you get connected around here, because God's doing some awesome stuff, and we want you to be a part of it. If you've got something heavy on your heart, let us pray for you before you leave, please. Uh, and so some of our prayer teams will be right up here, and they'd love to take a moment with you and just cover whatever it is in prayer. Love you guys. Thanks for being here. See you tonight. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to take a next step with Redemption Church, visit us online at experienceredemption.com slash connectcard. You can also give online to support the work of Redemption Church. To explore your giving options, visit experienceredemption.com slash giveonline. We hope that the message you heard today encouraged you. See you again soon.